Welcome to Hope Sabbath School, an in-depth interactive study of the Word of God. We're in a series that's life-changing, God's mission, my mission, Mm -hmm. your mission, all together joining God in His amazing work of sharing His immeasurable and unfailing love with the world. Last time we began our study on mission to the unreached, and we're going to continue that in the program today, and I know that you'll be blessed. So welcome to Hope Sabbath School. Welcome to the team. I'm looking forward to the study today because, mm-hmm. team member Travis, you're going to be continuing our study on mission to the unreached. I know it's going to be a great blessing. We've also got some team members joining. Puya, great to see you again. Glad you're with us today. Amy, always good to have you with us for our study. And Lee, Leah, good to see you too. Glad that you're here. You know, I'm so thankful for our remote team members. They really broaden the base Mm -hmm. for us in our study. But I'm also glad you're here because without you, there would just be about 12 of us having a great Bible study. But you're part of our Hope Sabbath School team, and we're glad you're with us as we study the Word of God together. Here's a note from... uh, Amy, another Amy, not the Amy who's a remote team member, but Amy writes to us from Maryland, and she says, Greetings, Hope Sabbath School members. Greetings, Greetings, Amy. May Almighty God continue to bless you. I have been a Seventh-day Adventist Christian for 10 years, Mm. and I want you to know that Hope Sabbath School has been a bright light to me. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Something was missing in my life. And it was Hope Sabbath School. (laughs) Well, I think we would agree it was an in-depth, interactive study of the Word of God, right? We're just part of sharing that Word. I watch Hope Sabbath School every day, even the reruns, and I love you all. I feel I know you. It's so personal. Mm. I love the Lord very much, and it's hard to connect with many people alike today. I identify with the genuine love you all have. I feel the Holy Spirit's presence when I tune into the program. That's a miracle of God, isn't it? That's our prayer, Amy, that that would be the experience of each Hope Sabbath School member. And the scripture songs are also my favorite. Mm. (laughs) I enjoy you more and more. This program has made a major change in my walk with Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, I just want to say, Amy, thank you for writing to us. If that was the only email we read today, in fact, if it was the only thing accomplished with the program, angels would sing. And we're so thankful that you're part of our Hope Sabbath School family. Here is a note from Alice, also in the United States, in Michigan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Alice writes and says, We began watching Hope Sabbath School when my husband was hospitalized Mm. and we couldn't attend church. Mm. We appreciated having an option and enjoyed the format. My husband died in 2019, Mm. but I still watch Hope Sabbath School. (laughs) Keep doing what you're doing. Someday you can know me when we stand together by the tree of life. Amen. Amen. Well, Alice, I know you're longing to see your dear husband on that glorious day when the dead in Christ rise were caught up to meet the Lord in the air, as it says in 1 Thessalonians 4, Mm -hmm. verses 16 and 17. Until then, we're glad you're part of our Hope Sabbath School family. Mm. Stay close to Jesus and share his love with others. 
Here's a note from a donor in South Dakota, mm-hmm. donor couple. This blessed journey we've enjoyed together has been wonderful. We're so blessed with Hope Sabbath School every Friday night at sundown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please say hello to all of the dedicated Hope Sabbath School team members. Amen. Well, I'm not going to read a name, but would you give a wave? Hello. <laughs> Everyone has contributed to our growing knowledge of the Lord. Amen. Amen. May Jesus come soon. Mm. We have this blessed hope and a donation of $2,000 to bless the global evangelistic ministry, including South Dakota, right? Amen. Amen. But around the world, thank you, donor couple. You know who you are. We don't read names, but we do want to say thank you because your partnership encourages others to say, you know, I want to be part, whether it's $20 or $2,000 or whatever the Holy Spirit impresses you to share. Go to our website, hopetv.org slash hopess. You can either click on the donate button or find an address. This was sent in a regular letter. And you can say, God bless that gift Mm -hmm. to help others know. Unreached even, people Mm -hmm. know, right? about a God who loves them. Amen. Amen. One last note from South Africa, from Tini. Tini writes and says, Thank you, team, for the weekly Bible study. We enjoy the in-depth study and learn so much. God bless you all. Amen. From the city of Johannesburg, thanks for sharing God's Word with us. Well, we want to get into our study. It's a great study. Mm -hmm. Mission to the unreached. But before we do... We want to sing a 3,000-year-old testimony by the psalmist David who said, I will praise you, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will tell, even to the unreached, I will tell of all your marvelous works. Let's sing it together. It's amazing to think that across the world, Hope Sabbath School members, 200 countries, are singing along with us, that they're making a commitment to join God in His mission, to tell of all His marvelous works. Let's sing it one more time. I'm looking forward to our study today because there's so many who need to hear. Travis, lead us in prayer as we begin the study together. Let's pray. 
Father in heaven, we want to thank you for this opportunity to discuss the, the mission that you've given to each and every one of us. Lord, I just pray that the Holy Spirit be present in this study, Amen. present with us, and that, Lord, that all of us would come to know that when this is accomplished, that we can all go home. That's my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We know that God wants to reach the unreached. As I was preparing for this study, I was thinking, the unreached may not be people that have never heard the name, just have never heard the name of Jesus. It might have been someone that Jesus has been misrepresented to. Mm. They've actually heard his name, but, but he has been misrepresented. Mm. I'm encouraged by Revelation 18, verse 1. It says, the whole world was filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. Amen. And um, I'm thankful that God gives everyone an opportunity. And we get to be part of the mission. Mm -hmm. to go and reach the unreached. Mm -hmm. Puya, if you don't mind, I would like to have you start our study. We're talking about reaching the unreached. If you would start our study in 1 Kings 5, 1 through 12, we're going to start our study off talking about uh, two different cities, um, Tyre and Sidon. Let's, let's look and see what the Bible says about these two cities. Sure, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version, 1 Kings chapter 5, verse 1 to 12. Now Hiram, king of Tyre, sent his servants to Solomon, because he heard that they had anointed him king in place of his father, for Hiram had always loved David. Then Solomon sent to Hiram, saying, You know how my father David could not build a house for the name of the Lord his God because of the wars which were fought against him on every side, until the Lord put his foes under the soles of his feet. But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side. There is neither adversary nor evil occurrence. And behold, I propose to build a house for the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord spoke to my father David, saying, Your son, whom I will set on your throne in your place, he shall build the house for my name. Now therefore command that they cut down cedars for me from Lebanon, and my servants will be with your servants, and I will pay you wages for your servants according to whatever you say. For you know there is none among us who has skill to cut timber like the Sidonians. So it was when Hiram heard the words of Solomon that he rejoiced greatly and said, Blessed be the Lord this day, for he has given David a wise son over this great people. Then Hiram sent to Solomon, saying, I have considered the message which you sent me, and I will do all you desire concerning the cedar and the cypress logs. My servants shall bring them down from Lebanon to the sea. I will float them in rafts by sea to the place you indicate to me, and will have them broken apart there. Then you can take them away, and you shall fulfill my desire by giving food for my household. Then Hiram gave Solomon cedar and cypress logs according to all his desire. And Solomon gave Hiram 20,000 cores of wheat as food for his household and 20 cores press oil that Solomon gave Hiram year by year. So the Lord gave Solomon wisdom as he has promised him. And there was peace between Hiram and Solomon. And the two of them made a treaty together. So if we only had just those verses, what would we know about Tyre and Sidon just from these verses? 
There were rich countries, beautiful trees, and, mm -hmm. and they had a good relationship with Israel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It seemed that there was a good relationship mm -hmm. between at least him uh, from between Hiram and uh, Solomon. Mm -hmm. Anyone else? Kenneth? I would say the king feared the Lord and no God. He certainly didn't have animosity mm -mm. Um, with the children of Israel. We can thank God, I believe, for that because God granted peace during this time. Mm -hmm. Let's move on, or let's look at another a couple verses in, uh, in 1 Kings 11, 1 through 6. And if I could have Sean read that, uh, let's see what the Bible says here about Tyre and Sight. Yes, I'll be reading from the New International Version, 1 Kings 11, verses 1 through 6. King Solomon, however loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter, Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites. They were from nations about which the Lord had told the Israelites, you must not intermarry with them because they will surely turn your hearts after their gods. Nevertheless, Solomon held fast to them in love. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines, and his wives led him astray. As Solomon grew old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God as the heart of David his father had been. He followed Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Molech, the detestable god of the Ammonites. So Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely as David his father had done. Well, we know David didn't follow the Lord completely, too. We know all of his story, right? But, but he repented. But he repented. Right. He certainly did. But what did we learn, Amy, uh, what did we learn from about the Sidonians or the people of Sidon from, from this narrative? So the Sidonians were, a, um, they were an idolatrous nation who were worshiping idols, following, um, you know, God's not the creator God, for sure. You know, the more I read about the story, uh, I believe God did supernaturally bring peace between uh, the Sidonian people and the children of Israel. Scott? You know, um, we notice a close relationship between Solomon and Hiram, and close relationships are great for mission work, mm. but there's a risk of being turned astray, turned aside, as in case was of Solomon. We're reminded in the Gospels to be equally yoked, mm -hmm. both in business, right, mm -hmm. and um, even in marriage, correct? Mm -hmm. yes. Well, Kenneth, let's read uh, another uh, story here about um, the people of Tyre and Sidon in Matthew chapter 11, 21 and 22. I'll be reading from the New King James Version, and it reads, Woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethsaida, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say to you, 
it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. Mm. You know, Kenneth, I'm excited because uh, this reminds me of the people of Nineveh. Yeah. They have a repentant heart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what are your thoughts about uh, the people of Tyre and Sidon after that verse, mm-hmm. after those verses? Yes, Gladys. I think that, that basically is highlighting that even though they're a pagan nation, they have a receptive heart. Because mm-hmm. he said that if the miracles will have happened in their land, they will have repented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, Scott. We were talking about unreached people and mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes less to reach unreached people than incorrectly reached people Mm. Um, because they didn't have to unlearn, whereas the Jewish leaders had all sorts of wrong ideas that they held held Mm -hmm. fast to. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's a very good point, actually. Thank you for sharing that. Mm, well, Jesus is go- Jesus is involved in a Galilean ministry at this point, and he's going to move into the area of Phoenicia, um, uh, Tyre, and Sidon in that area, and he's going to bring his disciples there. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that Jesus would bring his disciples there instead of just staying? Um, in Galilee, next to the children of Israel. Why do you think he would go there? Yes, Sean. Well, we need to remember that Jesus' ministry was not just for one nation. The gospels for the entire world. Mm-hmm. And if he allowed them to stay there, they would have catered to their families and their own people. But God wants to teach them to get past their prejudices mm-hmm. and teach them to go and reach these unreached people outside their own country. What, but wasn't there enough mission work to do right there in Galilee? There was. There was, was, Scott. You know, I spent a number of years in the mission field in Korea, and we had a lot of other missionaries come, and sometimes they were told by the people where they were from, don't we have enough needs? Why are you going halfway across the world? Mm -hmm. The reality is God sometimes needs to send us to another place Sometimes because of the people who need to hear the message and sometimes because we need to move out of our own comfort zone (laughs) and learn something new so that we can serve him more fully in the future. Mm. You know, I resonate with that because I'm here because of a mission trip. I wasn't even attending church and someone Mm. asked me to go as a builder (laughs) to build a mission house. And I'm here today because someone invited me, uh, well, by the grace of God, but because someone invited me to go on a mission trip. Lalika, you had something to say. Yes, Jesus always go where God directs him to go, and there is a reason why he goes yeah. to those mm-hmm. places, and they turn out very fruitful. He doesn't go by chance. Yes. Kenneth. Yeah, the same thing, because Jesus' mission is the Spirit leading him. Mm-hmm. So that makes an effective missionary. Well, Jesus is bringing his disciples there. Scott, I love what you said, because I think it was more, it wasn't just for the people of Tyre and Sidon. Mm -hmm. And and we're going to talk about the Syrophoenician woman here next. But I believe it was for the disciples as well Mm -hmm. that Jesus went to this area. Let's look at... um, Let's look at Mark chapter 7, verse 24. And if I could get Tindy to read that for us. Uh... Why Jesus is doing something we might seem as strange, <laughs> at least strange for Jesus. Yeah. Uh, why don't you read that for us? Let's talk about that. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version, Mark seven twenty four. 
From there he arose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and wanted no one to know it, but he could not be hidden. <laughs> okay, Leah, I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> Why do you think that uh, Jesus is, well, seemingly hiding out in this house? I was going over this story yesterday um, and thinking about the reason for this. And I think to fully comprehend why he was doing this, we need to read on. But essentially, he needed someone to come looking for him to make a point to his disciples. He needed someone to be seeking him as we should be seeking him. Um, but in this sense, physically, he's making a point of staying hidden, hoping that someone comes searching for him. Maybe he had been guided too by the Holy Spirit to be in that mm -hmm. place. Anyone else want to comment on that? I thought about that too, as Leah mentioned. It was like, why would Jesus do that? Mm -hmm. Yes, there. So I'm wondering, I think Leah made a really good point, and that may be the answer. Another possible answer might be, he's acting like the disciples act. Mm -hmm. like, I don't want to talk to any of these people. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's how he'll treat this Syrophoenician woman mm -hmm. at first. Mm -hmm. And later he'll say, you're amazing. You've got amazing faith. But at first, it's almost like, don't have anything to do with the Samaritans. Mm -hmm. Don't have anything to do with the Syrophoenicians. So it, it may be he was, while he was there, if you will, acting out how they treated mm -hmm. people, mm -hmm. he was probably doing what Leah said, praying, God, mm -hmm. lead, Father, lead mm -hmm. someone yes. so we can show them how you have a mission for the mm -hmm. unreached. I think that will be evident, more evident as we, <laughs> as we move along in the story. Let's go to two different accounts. We'll finish reading uh, Mark 25 through 30. Mm -hmm. If I could have Amy read that, and then I would have Jeffrey read Matthew 15, 22 to 28. Let's take a look at these two stories, same story, uh, but from a different view, each a different writer. And what's the difference uh, in these two stories? What, are the, what do we see different? This is Mark chapter 7, verses 25 to 30, and this is the New King James Version. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him, and she came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, Let the children be filled first, for it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For this saying, go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she had come to her house, she found the demon gone out and her daughter lying on the bed. Mm -hmm. Thank you for reading that, Amy. Now, Jeffrey, if you would please read Matthew fifteen twenty-two to 28. I'll be reading in the New International Version. A Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. 
Then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. Mm. Amen. This is an amazing story. Mm. What difference do you see between these two accounts? I think that in the Matthew account, it shows her persistence. Mm -hmm. So that she kept asking and following him. While in the other one, the encounter was a little bit shorter. Mm -hmm. But I really love the part that Jesus was acting out basically what the Jews would do in mm. his place, mm. you know, and, and I think he was just modeling to his disciples how, that they, what they were doing was wrong. Mm. So I agree with you 100% and um, that he is giving them basically insight on how they would handle the situation. Yes. And uh, they get to see, unfortunately, um, the error. Uh, that the gospel yeah. is to go to to mm -hmm. everyone. I struggle with the idea that God would refer to her, or Jesus would refer to her as a dog, mm -hmm. uh, Kenneth, and then Tendi. Yeah, one of the differences in the account in the account in Matthew, the disciple requested that Jesus sent her away, mm -hmm. but that wasn't recorded in mm -hmm. the one in Mark. Yeah. And I think um, God was using that to tell them that no one. No, he can. Everyone, he's a God of all nations. Mm -hmm. Amen. Let everyone Praise come to God. me. Yeah. You don't have the right to tell, you can't come to my Savior. No. Yeah. Oh. Matter of fact, the Bible says anyone yeah, yeah. who right. calls on the yeah. name of the Lord that's right. Amen. will be saved. Mm. Tendi and then Lalika. Um, I'd like to first point out that Mark and Matthew are two different writers. Mm -hmm. Mark tends to be um, straight to the point, mm -hmm. and Matthew is detailed. Um, in Matthew, we. Jesus points out the woman's uh, faith, whereas in Mark, mm -hmm. it, she, he doesn't. And also, this was an object lesson mm -hmm. um, in terms of the, his behaviorism. He was behaving as how um, this woman would be treated as an outcast, mm -hmm. and then later showed her compassion. Mm -hmm. And this woman was persistent because he could see Jesus for who he is, the mm -hmm. compassion in his eyes. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's right. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Lalika and then Puya. I was listening to Pastor Debler Senior, and he was talking about this part where he says that um, she did her homework before. Because Thank here, she, she says, son of David. Mm -hmm. This is a person that is not a believer or not from a country that it's God's people calling him son of David. Mm -hmm. She believed in the messianic mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. ship of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So she knew where Jesus, uh, knew who Jesus was. Amen. And um, another part, he says that uh, I was sent to the lost sheep of the house mm -hmm. of Israel, which is not recorded in Mark. So it's just to say that God has lost sheep. <laughs> Israelites, they went to other nations, they mm -hmm. had kids all over. And um, mm -hmm. yeah, that is something that should be. Beautiful. Puya. Uh, I believe one, one other difference that I see in the account of Matthew and Mark is that Matthew primarily targets the Jewish audience, mm -hmm. while Mark targets the Gentile or the, the Greek audience. So it's interesting to note that when we look at uh, Matthew's account, he described the woman as a Canaanite. Mm -hmm. And for a Jewish reader at that time, their reaction probably would be to consider that woman as an outsider, not mm -hmm. belonging to mm -hmm. the family of God. So uh, Jesus uh, reacted in a way to teach them a lesson there. And when we look at the account of Mark, 
this woman is described as a, a Greek and a Syrophoenician. So to the Greek audience or to the Gentile audience who is reading the account of Mark, they would identify with her and they would relate to her and say, oh, this is a mother who wants the best for her child. So I, I believe it's interesting to note that God uses both writers, Matthew and Mark, to reach the specific targets and mm. the audience who would be reading this in their context. Thank you, Puya. They knew their audience, right? Yes. They knew who they were writing to. I'm just going to um, just present a possibility, and that is this. Do you think Jesus was trying to show both her, the Syrophoenician woman and her daughter, and the disciples that she was also one of the lost sheep of Israel? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, yes. she wasn't the lost sheep of Israel, but she was a lost sheep. Yeah. Uh, and, but but what's startling is she has more faith than yeah. the religious leaders mm-hmm. back yeah. in Jerusalem. Yeah. Yeah. Because as Lalika pointed out, she's calling him by a messianic mm-hmm. name. Yeah. She's calling him son of David. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think uh, Travis, it was, it was excruciatingly difficult for Jesus yes. to mirror this cold, yes. mm-hmm. hard attitude mm-hmm. that the Jews had toward these unreached people. Mm-hmm. And finally, he breaks down yeah. and says, Oh, woman. That's one thing that <laughs> yeah. Matthew has. Oh, woman. Yes. Great is your that's faith. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the heart of Jesus, so clear in the Gospels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, Matthew, who writes the one account, he probably, as he wrote it again, thought, Yeah, that's how we used to act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was thinking of the uh, blessing to Abraham. He says, in you, all the nations of the world would be blessed. It was God's intention that these, these were Canaanite people, that they would come yeah. to a knowledge right. of the glory of God. Okay. So had God's people done their job, mm-hmm. they would have known about yeah. the immeasurable and unfailing love of Amen. God. Amen. Mm. Well, let's read Stephanie, uh, Matthew fifteen twenty-eight. I think um, you're reading the New King James Version. I love the way that that reads in, in Matthew fifteen twenty-eight, because Jesus, uh, uh, <laughs> dear Bazard, already said that, but he, he just says something, words of, I, I think he couldn't wait to say these words. <laughs> Go ahead and read that for us. The New King James Version says, Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. (laughs) Let it be to you as you desire. Mm -hmm. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Wouldn't you just like to peer back in time Mm -hmm. and just listen to what, uh, how Jesus would have said that? Mm -hmm. Words of compassion, just, Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. bursting from his lips. Yes. I like my version in the New Living Translation said, dear woman. Yes. (laughs) As endearing term. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, he certainly loved her. That's for sure. We have to move on in, in our lesson uh, because well, we're going to continue to talk about the prejudice that, that the Jews had had, a, a long-time prejudice. Mm-hmm. And uh, Peter uh, is given a vision uh, about, well, we're going to talk about that vision, but Peter is given a vision. And um, before we get into that vision, let's go ahead and look, and I'm going to have Alika read Acts chapter 10, 28, just the first part, because we're going to kind of get some insight into what, how the Jews felt about Gentiles, about people who weren't Jewish. Um, if you wouldn't mind reading that uh, for us, Alika, just the first part of Acts chapter 10, verse 28. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Then he said to them, 
you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or call to one of another nation. Hmm. Stephanie, <laughs> how, how would Peter have felt, or any Jewish leader at that point, encountering um, a centurion? In the context of what she just read? Mm -hmm. So there was difference, right, between the two, right? And so there, there was a conflict already. And so you're saying that um, there was immediate enmity or animosity just mm -hmm. because of who they were, the but not just because of who they were, but because they had authority at that time over them. Sure. But I'm thinking if Peter had remembered, but you see, it's part of his culture. Mm -hmm. He's grown up. That's how they always treated people who weren't part of their group, right? Mm -hmm. But if he'd remembered, a centurion had come to Jesus, mm -hmm. and Jesus had affirmed this man as having more faith than anyone he'd found in all of Israel. So already his prejudices against these unreached people has been challenged by Jesus. But I want to say for us even today, it's hard to let go of, of traditions and prejudice we've held for a long time. Mm -hmm. It takes time to break those walls down, doesn't it? Or it too? takes a miracle. Yeah, a miracle of God. Kenneth. Yeah, and when, when she was reading the text, you know, I was casting my mind through the scripture to see where is it that God instructed them with these words. But because it has become their tradition, they seem to think that this is actually a directive from God. Mm -hmm. And that is how deep some of these biases and prejudices mm -hmm. can become. We'll be mistaken into believing that, oh, this is scripture. Mm -hmm. But you know it is not. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, God is going to give Peter an object lesson. Mm -hmm. And uh, Puya, if you don't mind reading um, Acts chapter 10, 1 through 8, we'll start reading um, the narrative of the story. We'll start reading what, what uh, or how God gets Peter's attention here and turns to prejudice. Sure, and I'll be reading from the New King James Version, Acts chapter 10, verse 1 to 8. There was a certain man in Sisera, uh called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius, and when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. Mm -hmm. So here, uh, God is reaching out to this centurion, mm -hmm. and um, he's giving him instruction. Mm -hmm. I love that God is um, uh, 
first, I love that there are people outside of the Jewish circle we just talked about that believed in the true God. Even the Syrophoenician woman had heard about Jesus, had yearned to be with her. And here we see a man ruling his family, believed in God, and he wanted to show not just him and his family that they were included, but also Peter. And we'll keep on reading, if you would, Sean, keep reading for us um, 9 through 16. And let's see how this story unfolds. Yes, 9 through 16 from the New International Version. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a vision. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles of the earth and birds of the air. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything unclean that God has made clean. This happened three times and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. Well, this is quite the object lesson. Mm-hmm. Scott, what do you think? Do you think God is just um, trying to tell him that he can start eating different foods? <laughs> no, because Peter had to really change his whole mindset. You know, here he is about to meet not only a Gentile, not only a Roman, but a centurion. Mm-hmm. And we already talked about the prejudices, and those are strong. I remember um, when I went to the mission field, I first had a certain mindset in my mind. I had certain stereotypes about people, certain ideas about people from other parts of the world. And God had to teach me and put me in, in situations so I learned to see people as they are mm-hmm. and not as I had preconceived notions. Yeah. That's a lesson that Peter had to learn. It's a lesson that I had to learn and maybe mm-hmm. some of us have to learn. Mm-hmm. I think you're right, Lalika. I'm going to have you move on, uh, read on, uh, verses 17 through 28, because I believe it's not about food at all. But the, but it was an object lesson uh, where he could teach Peter. At least God knew how to reach Peter, mm-hmm. and through that object lesson, he starts tearing down these walls. Go ahead, Lalika. I'll be reading from the New King James Version. Now, while Peter wondered within himself what this vision vision which he had seen meant, behold, the man who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter thought about the vision, the Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Mm-hmm. Then Peter went down to the man who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, Yes, 
I am he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, one who fears God and has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by the holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. Then he invited them in and lodged them. On the next day, Peter went away with them, and some brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the following day, they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up, saying, Stand up, I myself am also a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many who had come together. Then he said to them, You know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with or go to one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Mm. Mm. Thank you for reading that, Lalika. <coughs> so how has God shown him um, through this vision that um, he included everyone? Mm. Yes, Lalika. In the previous question, you asked if this was about the food. Definitely was not about the food. Mm -hmm. Peter himself didn't eat any food, <laughs> and God was not angry about him. And he could see that as he was considering, God showed him that the vision was not about what he took inside, mm -hmm. but about the people, how we should consider them. They were also objects of Jesus' mm -hmm. salvation, ones that God loved and came and died for. Yes. You know, there was an encouraging words. I'll come to your comment. But did anyone, and you can just look back in a couple of verses, but God had even given Peter some encouraging words as he was departing the house. Mm -hmm. Did anyone catch those words? Um, I'll fear not. He said, I have sent them. Yeah. And, he and said, go with them because I have sent and them. And doubt, doubt nothing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Doubt nothing. Doubt because he, I think God even knew in his mind <laughs> that Peter was still going to have doubt. He's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's unlawful for me to hang out with this guy, mm -hmm. this guy. You know, I was slightly saddened by the fact that the servants found it necessary, or felt it necessary at least, to point out that Cornelius was a God-fearing man, mm. as if Peter wouldn't have come mm. had he been a run-of-the-mill uh, the mm. Roman. Yeah. Because the message was to go to everybody, yeah. not yeah. only for those who were mm. already um, at a certain level. Mm -hmm. yeah. Thank you. But that is a testimony about Cornelius and his witness to his household. Yes. Absolutely. Mm. And to the Jewish people, even. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Puya. I see two lessons here for me. One is that God is the one who is always seeking and reaching the unreached from the very beginning. Even in this story, long before Peter had any any idea about Cornelius, God was already working with uh, Cornelius mm -hmm. and his family. So I believe the lesson here for us is that long before we stepped out in faith to reach the unreached, God is already at work. Yes. God is already doing a lot of work. So I believe we need to open ourselves to God and, and pray to Him to lead us to mm -hmm. the places where He is already doing the work, right? And the second point I see from this story is God wants to teach Peter to think outside the box mm -hmm. of his uh, cultural boundaries that have been drawn. 
In the same way today, I believe all of us are prone to prejudices and biases that we may have been exposed mm. to because of where we grow up. But God, con I believe God continues to work with all of us to helping us to think outside the box. Sometimes I believe for some of us who grew up within the church, we may have this view that, oh, I know everything because I grew up in the church and I've learned all of this and this is where the line is drawn. But maybe sometimes God needs us to think outside the box to see that God has more ways to reach mm. people. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing that, Puya. That was a great thought. Uh, Stephanie, I want if you would read Acts chapter 10, 44 through 48, because Peter had been given a vision but what is the church going to think about this? <laughs> I mean, so let's see what happens here uh, with the church and see what confirmation the church gets. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Mm -hmm. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Mm -hmm. Then Peter answered, Can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized mm -hmm. who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord then they asked him to stay a few days. Mm. Hmm. So what supernatural confirmation was given to those of the circumcision, the Jewish people, that God had accepted uh, these Gentile believers? Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. The baptism yes. of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. That's right. And the same sign, Travis, that had been given at Pentecost. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, yes. and remember again, that sign was so that they could communicate mm -hmm. the gospel to unreached people. Yes. Amen. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, that was the Christian. I'll take your comment and then we'll move on, Malika. I love this passage uh, in the Bible. This is opening to, to, the, to us that are not Jews. This story here is a confirmation or what God put so that the message would come to me and to all of us that are not Jewish. I wanted Amen. to point that um, Cornelius, is, it said that he did prayers and alms to God. So he had a faith and worked together. Mm. My friend Grace Lee, she said, the gospel is dependent on the personal piety of its believer for its aggressive power. She took mm. it from somewhere that I don't know where. I'll ask her where she took it. But it's so important that point to remember to, mm. to go about doing good things. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, some of the believers or some of the Christian believers Jew, of circumcision, the Jewish believers, um, saw that the Holy Spirit had been given to the Gentile believers and they believed. But there was Jewish leaders who, who hadn't heard of this yet. Of course, when the message was brought to them, there was skepticism and doubt there, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Well, Amy, I want you to read, if you would, for me, Acts chapter um, 11, 4 through 18. And I'm going to, I'm going to, let's read this text. I'm going to ask the question, what changed their mind? Hmm. Acts 11, verses 4 through 18, and this is New King James Version. But Peter explained it to them in order from the beginning, saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying, and in a trance I saw a vision. 
an object descending like a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners, and it came to me. When I observed it intently and considered, I saw four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And I heard a voice saying to me, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But I said, Not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has at any time entered my mouth. But the voice answered me again from heaven, What God has cleansed you must not call common. Now this was done three times, and all were drawn up again into heaven. At that very moment, three men stood before the house where I was, where I was, having been sent to me from Caesarea. Then the Spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. And he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house, who said to him, Send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter, who will tell you words by which you and all your household will be saved. And as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. And then I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If, therefore, God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could withstand God? <laughs> when they heard these things, they became silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. Amen. 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 You know, I was reminded of Revelation twelve eleven, I believe, right? And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, yes. maybe overcoming prejudice, uh, Peter's testimony helped <laughs> the other religious leaders overcome mm. the prejudice. He had okay. shared what God had done. How am I going to refute that, he says. Mm -hmm. God had given him a clear shine. He shared that with others. I'm so happy that Peter learned his lesson. Or did he? No. He didn't. No. I think he did, but it takes time to change yeah. long-held traditions. Derek, right. you mentioned earlier, it takes a miracle. It does yeah. take a miracle. It takes yes. a miracle. In the book of Galatians, another story is recorded. Um, we're, we're not going to read that, but I'm going to have someone summarize that. Peter, well, he's rebuked by the Apostle Paul, <laughs> even with peer pressure, leads even his brother Barnabas right. into, into the same thing. We knew Barnabas to be a, a stellar man. Matter of fact, he was uh, one of Paul's associates. Does any, can anyone kind of uh, t tell me what happened? Gladys. Yeah, whenever he, he was mingling just with the Gentiles away from other Jewish leaders, he would share with them happily. But whenever the other Jewish leaders will come, especially from Jerusalem, he treated them differently. He will not mingle with them. So he, so he wanted to keep <laughs> the status quo. So when there was no, no Jewish people there, he would sit at the same table and eat. Yes. But when somebody would come in, he would separate himself. Yes. Do you think that would be, un who do you think that would be more uncomfortable for, the Jewish people or the Gentile believers? The Gentiles. It would be, it would be uncomfortable oh. for both. Yeah. Right. Right. But God is tearing down prejudice. It takes time. Yeah. It takes a miracle. I'm so glad we have this study. I'm so glad that, that, um, that the set looks like this. People from every walk of life. <laughs> Praise God. It's, it's just an amazing thing to be part of that miracle. Yeah, I, I know you want to wrap up with the Decapolis, but let me just say that uh, it wasn't because he changed his mind that mm. the gospel to go to everyone. <laughs> it says he feared. Yes. 
the religious leaders called the circumcision. He mm -hmm. feared them. And we need to be careful mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. we don't allow other prejudiced people mm -hmm. to push us away mm -hmm. yeah. from the truth that God has given yeah. us. Amen. Amen. Thank Amen. you. Well, we will move on. Um, what do we know about Decapolis? Unclean spirits. Ten mm -hmm. cities. Uh, it's ten cities. You know, I was, <laughs> I was really investigating and thinking, there's not much more, at least that I learned, mm -hmm. than that it was ten cities. Mm. Yes, Scott. The other relevant thing is that these were not Jewish cities. Mm -hmm. Even though they were very near to Jewish territory, they were Gentiles. They would have had, you know, all the idol worship, all the other stuff going on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a story recorded in that region about a demon-possessed man. We're not going. We're going to read the results of it, but for mm -hmm. sake of time, could someone tell me what happened in this story? Um, Amy, would you like to tell us what happened in that story with the demon-possessed man? Sure. There, um, Jesus and his disciples crossed the lake. They came to the shore, and they were met by a demon-possessed man. Um, and Long story short, Jesus healed the man, offered, you know, cast the demons out. But the demon said, you know, don't just send us anywhere. There's a herd of pigs. Let us go into those pigs. And so Jesus allowed the, the spirits to go into those pigs and they ran over the cliff and died. And this man was fully restored. They got him some clothing. And when, when the villagers found out what happened, it's interesting because they actually were kind of afraid of what happened. <laughs> They weren't sure what to think of this Jesus who, you know, they lost their livelihood through these pigs. And now this man is, you know, healed. So somehow it caused a little bit of fear in the village. That's exactly right. They were not sure if they wanted Jesus around, actually. Mm -hmm. But uh, God gives this man a special mission. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jeffrey, if I could have you read uh, Mark chapter 5, 18 through 20. What does Jesus tell this demon possessed man? Who's been set free by the power of Jesus, Amen. right? Amen. Actually, he wants to get in the boat with Jesus. But he's free now. He's free, and, uh, but Jesus gives him a mission. Mm -hmm. I'm reading from the New International Version. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged him to go with him. Mm. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them mm. how much the Lord has done for you. <laughs> and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. Amen. 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 Kenneth, what can we learn from these stories uh, that we've studied here today? I think, one, God had plan, always have a plan to lead us, if we will cooperate, mm. to reach out to the unreached. And most of the time, it's also to teach us a valuable lesson for us to walk with Him in the way He wants us to walk. Amen. Amen. I just love the length that God will go to save one person. Mm -hmm. And He's always in activity to save us. Mm -hmm. And He just wants us to move in the direction mm -hmm. that He's moving, listen to His calling and step on that Amen. activity that He's working so we can be collators mm -hmm. with Him. And you know, reaching the unreached, there's no better person to reach that people group than someone from that group mm -hmm. whose life has been transformed. Amen, Amen Derek. Amen. And someone's going to say, I'm not worthy. And so, Stephanie, <laughs> I'm going to have you read one more verse, Mark 5, 19, because I want to leave us with this thought. Because someone might be saying, I don't, I'm not smart enough. I don't know enough about the Bible. But what 
can some, what can all of us share mm -hmm. here uh, according to Mark 5:19? And the New King James Version says, however, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done mm -hmm. for you and how he has had compassion on you. Amen. Amen. Somebody is watching and they, they're saying, God has had compassion on me. I know how you feel because he's had compassion on me too. If you don't know anything more than that, that's good enough. <laughs> Share what God has done for you. Amen. 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 Praise God. And when Jesus came back to the Decapolis, the Bible says many welcomed him because someone had gone into an unreached territory to share the blessing that God had given to him. Amen. Amen. We're so glad you joined us for Hope Sabbath School today. You say, Derek, uh, there are unreached people groups in my neighbors. I have mm -hmm. neighbors mm -hmm. who don't know anything about God. I want to challenge you as we challenge ourselves here on the team to say, Holy Spirit, guide me yes. to the unreached person who's so precious to you that they may know of a God who loves them mm -hmm. with an immeasurable and unfailing love, wants to save them and spend eternity with them. Mm -hmm. Let's pray together. Mm -hmm. Father in heaven, we're just amazed at your, your grace, your love, and, mm -hmm. and sometimes we feel ashamed at how limited we have been, how prejudiced we have been. Mm -hmm. God, I pray that you'd give mm -hmm. us your heart of love for all of your children. Amen. that we may go out to share with those who've not yet heard, with the unreached, mm. the good news of your grace and mercy is our prayer in Jesus' name. Mm. Amen. 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 Well, thanks for joining us for Hope Sabbath School. We've got a work to do, don't we? Not to earn God's love, but because we are His redeemed children, share that love with others. Go out, my friend. Be a blessing to those around you. <laughs>